To Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Again to Faith on Fire. I'm Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Raymond Word of Faith Empowerment Ministries, aka the Word Church. And we're continuing our look at Psalm 23. And we looked yesterday about that. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He light makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. And we're just unwrapping this psalm and we'll be looking at it for the next day or two. And what I want to look at today, at least initially, is Jesus as the great shepherd. A shepherd watched over the sheep. The sheep weren't smart enough to take care of themselves. They needed to have somebody watch over them. And the real shepherds, the good shepherds, watched over them night and day. They actually lived with them. That's why when the angel came to tell the shepherds about Jesus' birth, they were out in the field. They didn't have to go to the shepherd's house? No, see, the shepherd shepherd lived with the sheep. He was with the sheep. He protected the sheep night and day. And that's why Jesus is is described as our great shepherd. And that's why we shall not be in want, that he is always with us. Jesus says something else. He says, abide in me as I abide in you. And then in John 15, he says, for without me, you can do nothing. That's very interesting. And so that... But the reason why is, as David writes this psalm, that the Lord is his shepherd, I shall not be in want. The reason why he will not be in want is because the Lord is his shepherd. The Lord is watching over him night and day. He is watching over you and I night and day. I told a story recently. Um, I was in at a store, and I looked out, and in the parking lot, a shopping cart had come loose, and it was going across the parking lot, and it was headed right for this guy's Corvette. And it was just slowly rolling, and then it was picking up speed, and it was heading for this guy's Corvette. Well, anybody who knows anything about Corvettes, the owners have pride of ownership. I don't care what year it is. Every Corvette owner has pride of ownership. They are proud of those cars, and they cost a lot of money to get fixed. And so I just happened to look out the window of the store, and I see this Corvette. This cart is heading right for it. All of a sudden, this guy slams on his brakes. He's driving through the parking lot. He slams on his brakes, jumps out, and grabs this cart. It's about five feet from this car just before it hits it. And he pushes the cart over to where the carts belong and saves this guy's cart. Well, a little while later, the guy comes out of the store, and he walks over to his car, this Corvette, and he gets in it and drives off, never having any idea that his car was within a few feet of getting hit by this cart. And how many times in our life 
has something been about to happen to us and God has stepped in and we have no idea that he even did it. So so this guy never saw his guardian angel at he, work. I mean, he never saw, right. <laughs> For all he, as, in his mind, nothing ever was about to happen. Nothing could have happened. It was just normal. And, and once again, I got to say, how many times, I think we'll be shocked when we get to heaven and we see how many times God stepped in and saved us, so to speak, when we had no idea that he was there doing it. Well, that's interesting because I woke up this morning and I just opened up my Bible. I usually do that just to see what the Lord has to say to me. And it said, the, the scripture verse I read, I forgot where I opened it up to, probably was Psalms something. And it says, praise the Lord in the morning. Sing praises to him in the morning. And I just got up, 7 in the morning, and I say, well, that's a revelation right there. We should praise the Lord in the morning because you praise him in the morning. I guess that sets the tone for the rest of the day, right. and that 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 dispatches dispatches your angelic forces to go out and work for you. And as you was telling that story, all I saw was that was his guardian angel, you know, so to speak, at work in our lives. Because the scripture says he he's given his angels charge over us, and they keep us in all our ways. And in Hebrews it says angels are are, are to minister to those who have inherited salvation. And, and we have angels. God gives us angels to watch over us. But back to that scripture in uh, Psalms 23, I was just reading the first part of it. The Lord emphasis on is, is my shepherd. And as we was reading it, as I was looking at it, I was reminded of the scripture in Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to him must believe that he is, oh, is what? Is my shepherd? It says, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So that's why the psalmist can say, the Lord is my shepherd. Well, he is also my rewarder. Because like you say, the shepherd watches over the sheep. I guess that's kind of a reward if the wolf is coming to get you. I guess he is. He told Abraham, I am your exceeding and great reward. Meaning, I got you, Abraham. Whatever you need is in me. So now we can see why the scripture says, "He of whoever comes to God must believe that he is. And David knew that. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. And because the Lord is my shepherd, I ain't going to want for anything. I ain't going to fear what man or spirit can do unto me. Because if you're coming to get me and God, Richard, are a majority. Right. That's it. Me and God are a majority. And with us as Christians... That's why he says, no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. Because once you put faith in God, you're a majority. If he be for you, who dare be against you? And he says in the other parts of the scripture, touch not my anointed. Do my prophets no harm. He's talking about us. So again, we got to know what God said about us. I want to know what, I want to know what, and in the natural, we always want to know what people are saying about us. We're concerned about what people are saying about us. And then we'll get into fights about what somebody said about us. Oh, and then you get on Twitter and people have Twitter fights right, and right. Facebook fights. Well, you know what, they, Richard? They defriend each other. I'm only, yeah, yeah. But I'm only concerned about what God has to say about me. Because, because God before me, who cares who else is against me? Scripture says in Corinthians, we're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in... Uh, in despair. He's given us all these negatives that we might be going through something. But he said, but because I'm with you, you got this. And that's the good news. That's gospel. See, when you look at 
this psalm, David uses an example that everyone that he lived with, everyone who lived in his day at least, would have recognized. They were an agrarian society, and they had sheep. And he had, David himself had tended his father's sheep. And he knew what a shepherd was about. He knew what a shepherd should do. And they all knew the difference between a good shepherd and a bad shepherd. A good shepherd watched over the sheep. A good shepherd spared no effort, no expense, no anything to keep the sheep safe, to protect the sheep, to be able to come back to the owner of the sheep and say, I have lost not one of the sheep that you have given to me, which is what Jesus said right. to the Father. That's good preaching. That's and, good preaching. <laughs> and so they knew what a, a good shepherd would risk his very life to step between the sheep and the bear, the sheep and the lion, as David did. And they knew what a good shepherd was. David himself, because of experience, knew what a good shepherd did. And so they all knew the difference between a good shepherd and a bad shepherd. And he says, Jesus is our good shepherd who who spares no effort to watch over us. We can rest in peace knowing that he has always got our back. He is always there for us. And he's going to spare no effort to save us. And it is so important for us to always remember as we read this, that they knew what a good shepherd was. And a good shepherd watched over the sheep 24-7, was willing to give himself up for the sheep if need be, and that's exactly who our shepherd is in Jesus. And we gotta, we gotta, you, we have to actually believe that, Richard. We, you, as believers, that's why we call ourselves believers. We, we believe the Word of God over anything else. The facts might say this, but the truth, and God's word is the truth, it says this. He says, I'm your shepherd. I'm your redeemer. I'm your exceeding great reward. You have to know that and get that in your spirit and get that and renew your mind by that. And, and that's why the scripture says we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by what God said in his word to his children, to his people. And that's where our confidence is. This is what God said. And, and, and I'm convinced if you stay steadfast in what God says, immovable, Scripture says not moved away from the, the hope or the faith. Or you blown know, by the wind. Like yeah, yeah. You, you're going you're gonna to move towards, and, and, and I always tell people this, you all, you're going to always move in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. So if, remember, if my thoughts are on God and what he said, that's the direction my life is going to move into. But if my thoughts are not on God and, and on everything else, that's where I'm going to move to. And, See, and this it, is where worry and fear and everything. Right, right, right. So, so we're not. He told us don't think on those things. He's asking you think on things or good, praiseworthy of good report. And over in Isaiah, he says he will keep those in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Him. Amplified says fixed, focused, and trusted on Him. So that's the promise right there. He said, keep your mind on Me. I'll keep you in perfect peace. And a lot of people don't realize the word peace means shalom, wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. He said, I'm going to keep you in that state, that position, but keep your mind focused on me. Don't look to the left, don't look to the right, because the enemy, Satan used something called weapons of mass distraction. He wants to distract you. He wants you. Remember Jesus said, be single-minded. Don't look to the left, don't look to the right. Remember, we're reminded of, of what's his name? Lot's wife. He told him. He told her, "Don't look back. Don't look back. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep looking forward because you're not going back. Unless if you want to go back, it's going to be some 
that's a weapon of mass destruction back there. You don't want to look back. So, again, those stories in the Bible are for our spiritual enrichment and edification. We can use them to grow by. And those are examples. We can learn from their mistakes. So, again, keep looking unto Jesus. The Scripture says, run with endurance the race that was set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And Jesus is also referred to as the Word. And in the beginning was the Word. So if we keep looking at God's Word and make that our focus, that's the direction our life is going to go. And that's what, again, that's what we're here to encourage people. Keep looking at God's Word. And again, if you don't, not into reading the Bible, we have technology has made things so, I was telling somebody the other day, you can get the Bible on tape. I still listen to cassette tapes. I have the Bible on tape. I have it on CD. I have other teachings from ministers. You can, Faith comes by hearing. You can still hear the word if you don't like to read it, but if you don't like to read text messages, because this is the original text message too. <laughs> yeah. So, But you can get it on CDs and tapes. So there's more than one pathway to get the word implanted in your spirit. See, and you know what's interesting when you say that, what brings to mind is that everybody gets things differently because there are some people who would do much better to listen to it than to read it. I, on the other hand, have to read it. My mind is one of those that if I'm listening to something like that, I realize that, oh, man, I haven't heard anything for 10 minutes. You know, it's just not the best way for me to absorb it. And so everybody is different. So mm-hmm. if somebody is listening to it on CD or listening to it on a cassette or however they might receive it the best, other people shouldn't be looking down their nose at them saying, oh, man, that's not you got to read your Bible. And other people who, you know, want to listen to it can't be looking down their nose at people that want to read because everybody learns better. Everybody learns at different times of the day, too. This is kind of interesting. Um, some people need to get up first thing in the morning and pray and, and read their Bible. Other people do much better if it's in the middle of the day and they're able to do it. Other people do much better if it's in the evening and they are able to do it. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's mind and brain, I think, works a little bit differently. And so, you know, sometimes people say, you got to get up first thing in the morning and pray and, and sing and read your Bible. Well, you know what? There's some people that that just doesn't work as well for. And and there's a different time of the day that works better for them. And so we each of us have to find what is that time of day that I have time that, you know, maybe the kids got to get off to school and and the day settled down a little bit and 10 o'clock is the best time for a person or 10 o'clock at night, whatever it might be. We each of us have to find the best time for ourselves that works for us to hear God speak to us. Right. And again, God, everybody has their own pathway. And I had to learn that one when I first got saved. You know, I, I just discovered that I'm an audible learner. I like to hear. I like to hear stuff because I, I like music. Those who like music, that's how you learn songs. You hear them over and over and over. The first time you heard your, a song on the radio, you probably liked that song, but you didn't know that song. You know, you kept hearing it, hearing it, hearing it, and then you probably went out and purchased the album or the CD or the tape. Don't date us now. Say the album. And then you start playing it over and over and over and over. Well, and you learn the material that was on that recording. Yeah, same thing, you know, some some of us learn like that. Some of us learn by reading. So there's different pathways. But the, the, the bottom line is everybody has to have the word of God. You have to have it. Jesus said something real significant. He said, man, and he was declaring this to Satan as well. If he told it, if he said it to Satan, I think it's good enough for us. He said, and this was when he was in the wilderness being tempted by Satan. He said, it is written, 
Oh, again, it is written in the text messages of the Holy Scriptures. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So that's what we need to live by. I mean, make that our guide. I always tell people it's a, we, life is full of tests, but we have a book with all the answers in it. It's an open book test. Sometimes people say, <laughs> you know, I've heard people say, man, I wish God would have told us more. And it's like, you know, the average Christian knows a lot more than they do. Well, he told you he gave you 66 books worth of material. <laughs> there you he go. told you a lot. And, you know, how many how many Christians know you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself? And, you know. Well, that's short. another whole nother subject. <laughs> not being a hearer, not a doer of the word. Right. And you, you got to do the word. You know, and as we go back to the, the good shepherd and talking about different times of the day, the beauty of it is, is that Jesus is always on the job. You know, he's a good shepherd who's always on the job. He so, never sleeps, so never maybe, slumbers. So maybe the best time for you to to pray and to sing is at four in the morning. Maybe somebody else is at noon. Maybe somebody else is at 10 at night. Somebody else is at midnight. What? And it doesn't matter when that is. He's always there. He's always available. He's always listening. So it's not like, well, Jesus is only available from 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, and uh, the rest of the time you're on your own. He is the good shepherd who is always watching over the sheep. And so we cannot be at a time of day. We cannot be in a place, literally. We cannot be anywhere that he isn't available to us as our good shepherd. I like what you just said. He's always there for us 24-7. And look how David summed this up, verse 5, the latter part. He says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Right. Meaning I'm going now. I'm going to stick with God, basically. I'm going to stay with him forever. And, and that's a good, bold statement to make. And that's a good thing to do is to stick with God forever. He didn't say, I would dwell in the house of the Lord as long as it's going good. Because <laughs> we know when the going gets tough, the tough get going. He said, no, I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever, which reminds me of that other scripture we referred to, abide in me and I will abide in you. And that's what he's saying. We're one now. I want you to, to dwell in me forever. Don't ever. Because he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Right. So he's saying, don't you depart. Just And David made this statement, I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever because of what I know. See, and sometimes people think, though, that he's talking about someday when he dies, he's going to dwell in that. He's dwelling in the house of the Lord right then right as now. he writes this. Right. And you and I, as believers, are dwelling in the house of the Lord right now. It's not for when we die. We are dwelling in the house. He says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies, not after I'm dead and I'm in heaven, but right now, even today, when I am in the presence of my enemies, and here, as David would write about an enemy, he's talking about an actual enemy, you know, his, his family and other people that tried to kick mm-hmm. him out of the kingdom. But enemies for you and I and everybody that that's listening can just be the problems in our life. And even when we're in the presence of those problems, the Lord is preparing a table for us. And And I love the present tense. You prepare a table for me. In the presence of my enemies, it is not something in the future where after I'm dead, God will prepare a table for me. God is preparing a table for me even right now. Well, you know what? An enemy an enemy for me, because we're supposed to love people. So, uh, And the scripture said we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But an enemy for me, and I, I, I meditated on that, and, and God started revealing to me some enemies of life. Sickness is an enemy to me. Right, and is for everybody. Debt, 
poverty, Amen. low self-esteem, uh, anxiety, all those people things. People right? that don't like us. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Well, <laughs> I mean, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it can be people too. But there's a lot of things that can be an enemy to your soul. But he says, I'm gonna, I've prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemy. It means I'm going to allow you to overcome all of that. Right. Because we're overcomers. So you you stay in me, and you're going to overcome each and every adversity. And the scripture says, you know, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. So I guess he has prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemy. And again, as long as you, the scripture says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So you have to go, God said the same thing in various ways, in various times, all over the scriptures. And you can go and get two or three witnesses and say, well, he said this there, and he said that there. That's what's called rightly dividing the word of truth. So I got it five times where he said the same thing. If that ain't enough, right, right for you, I said it five times. I said it in different ways five times, but it always ended up to the same, I'm for you and not against you. Well, see, and it's just like, you know, what exactly what you're saying here is when he says to Peter, he says, the devil has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. That, that you will be strengthened, your faith will be strengthened. See, he doesn't say, I pray for you that you won't have this trial that's about to come through the way. And he does have a trial that comes his way. He denies Jesus three times. But Jesus prays for him that, that on the other side of that, his faith would be strengthened. And so here he says, you lay prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. David knew he would be in the presence of his enemies, but even in the presence of his enemies, God would be there and God would be sufficient and God would be preparing a table. And so we're not saying to Christians, you're never going to face a trial because in fact, James says you should consider it all joy when you can, when you face trials, because those trials are being used to perfect you, to make you perfect. And so we will face trials. It's how are we going to face them? Are we going to really believe that the Lord is my shepherd? He's with me. I don't I won't be in want no matter what's happening here. Even in the presence of what's going on, he is preparing a table for me. And so always remembering that he is the reason why we'll go through every trial. He is the reason why we can have joy in every trial. He's the reason why we can have peace in every trial. It's not because of us and we're super Christians or anything else. It's because of him. Mm-hmm. And and you were saying you know, we're all going to have trials. And, and, and through the Holy Scriptures, God gave us the solution to make it through those hard times. First of all, he said, don't think it's strange that right. this is happening Why'd to you. Why did this happen to me? Right, right, right. Well, who you want it to happen to? Your neighbor? <laughs> well, Remember? that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, won't yeah, happen to me. Yeah, but then he said, <laughs> then he gave you another instruction. Count it all joy. Okay, well, now you can't just be a hearer of that. You got to do that. You got to count it all joy. Because he said something after that. He says, knowing that it's just a testing of your faith. But he said, it's going to produce something. It's going to produce what I called it to produce if you don't throw in the white flag. If you don't give up. You got to stay steadfast, immovable, not moved away from the hope. And I'm going to bring you through it. And Jesus said, in this world, you will have trials and tribulations. But then he said another bold statement. Be of good cheer. Right. Oh, that means Rejoice don't worry. Always, don't worry. Right. Be happy. He said, "Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, and because He's overcome the world, and greater is He that's in us. And I'm an heir with God and a joint heir with Christ. And as He is, so am I. So if He's overcome, then I overcome. 
So that's why I can be of good cheer. And that's a message for believers. Do what God says do in the midst of your trials and tribulations. I was speaking to someone yesterday about some illness they're going through. And then they're a believer, but she didn't have none of God's word concerning her situation. And I was saddened by that because I was like, you're young and you're going through this and you don't know what God said about that situation. She don't know anything that he said. God only watches over his word to perform it. He wants to know you as his child know what he said. What father don't communicate his desires or wishes to his children? God's revealed them to us, but he wants us to know how to rehearse them. The scripture says this, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say what? Say what he said. Let the weak say that I'm what? Strong. Let yeah. the poor say I'm rich. Yeah, let the sick say that I'm healed. We got to say, basically, he says, say what I said. Because I watch over my word to perform it. So you start saying what daddy said, because daddy knows best, and I'm going to make sure you're not put to shame. He said, if anyone suffers for Christ, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in the matter. So when you're going through stuff, glorify God in the matter. Say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Yeah, yeah, because thou you are with me. There you go. So you mean, I think we talked about that before, those pictures or posters they had, the guy, the footsteps, right. remember, on the sand. Yeah. And the guy was talking about all his adversity. He said, Lord, when were you with me? He says, well, then you only see one set of footprints. <laughs> he said, that was me carrying you. Right. Yeah, yo, yeah you know, I walked in. See, sometimes we forget that, too. See, yeah. we think that we're doing it on our own. We forget that we, see, that, you know, you just read part of the psalm where David, where David says, you know, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because thou art with me, because you are with me. He's, it's not because he's going to be great or he's going to have great weapons. or anything. It's because the Lord is with him. That's but, why he will But here's the you. good news for us uh, New Testament saints. Not only that he's with us, he's in us. Right. He said greater is he that's in you. You can't go anywhere that he's not there. Sometimes people say, you know, I wonder what I'd do if Jesus was here. Well, guess what? He is. And then he said in Romans, he's given us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee. Right. And when you get born again, God comes to live inside you. Remember your favorite scripture, Christ in you. The hope of glory. There it is right there. You got to meditate on it and get a revelation of that. You can't lose with what you use. We use the power of God. So with that said, it's about time for us to wrap it up. Richard, we have a good time in the Lord. And Father God, we just thank you for allowing us to minister. Amen. And before we leave, we just want to make available again for any love offering. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, we want to uh, make available to you a friend of ours, best-selling book, Healing Power, Voice Activated. Again, discover today how your words bless, heal, and restore. For a ministry donation of any amount, for a financial contribution of any amount to this ministry, Faith on Fire, we'd like to make this uh, book available to you. Uh, And you can send those love offerings to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. And remember, walk by faith, not by sight. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, 
we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.